Hallelujah. 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 Our help comes from God. I said our help comes from God. You know, when you boast in God, your protector, he has no option but to protect you the more. When you boast in your father, he has no, he cannot help himself but to, to, to give you everything that you need. Hallelujah. The only itch that God has that he cannot scratch himself is worship. I said worship is the only itch that God has. He has a certain itch in between his shoulder blades that his own hand cannot get to. And that is praise. He cannot praise himself. He cannot worship himself. That is how come he, he depends on you and I. We were made to worship him. We were made to, to send forth praise. So you see, when you come to church and it's praise time, it is the time for your passion to be erected. I say it's the time for you to grow, be, become very, 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 very generous. Hallelujah. That's not a time to be absent-minded. That is not the time to worry about your troubles. It's the time to magnify the Lord. Amen. David said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name forever. When you magnify the Lord, you minimize your problems. Amen. I said, when you magnify the Lord, you minimize your problems. Amen. When you bring to memory your problems in the middle of worship and praise, you minimize your God. Hallelujah. I don't know whether you understood what I said. I I want us to change as a church. I want us to become extravagant in worship. I say I want us to become extravagant in worship and praise. I want us to praise like we know the God we are praising. I want us to worship like we know and believe that our God has all power. Our God has all knowledge. Our God has all might. He's almighty God. Hallelujah. I want us to become very, very extravagant in our worship. From today, when you feel like lying down, lie down. When you feel like lifting your hands, lift. Don't don't be, listen, don't worry about the person next to you. Don't worry about the maker. Don't worry. You see, let me tell you, if you're a single brother, a girl who knows how to worship is a good wife material. Ah, you didn't get it. You didn't get it. You didn't get it. A brother who knows how to kneel down and worship the God of his salvation is a brother who look after you well. Oh, you didn't get it. You didn't get it. I don't think you got it. I don't think you got it. I don't think... Somebody who worships naturally without holding back will not hold back in their love for you. Remember, I I, I taught you something at the camp that there's something like a triangle. Do you remember? Put God at the apex and put yourself on the right and put your partner on the left. The closer you go towards God, the closer you get together. The further you move away from God, the further you move away from each other. So when you see a guy or you see a lady, check her 
his or her proximity to God that will tell you that they will be closer to you or further away from you. Hallelujah. It will tell you. It will tell you. A man that fears the Lord will honor you. A woman that fears the Lord will be faithful to you. A man that does not honor God will never honor you. A man that is not afraid of God will never be afraid to hold their vows sacred to you. If they cannot hold their sacred vow to God, they will not hold their sacred vow to you. Hallelujah. So be careful of any guy who connives with you to sin against God. They will connive with somebody to sin against you. I don't know whether you understood what I'm saying. Anybody who connives with you Listen, you are a Christian, you are doing well, but I say, don't mind them, don't mind, let's go and have sex. Connise with you to sin against God. That same person, I'll give you a few years. They'll connive with somebody to sin against you when they are married to you. Hallelujah. So learn how to be extravagant in your worship. We don't worship God because of what he gives us. We worship him because we love him. And we love him because he first loved us. And you see, when he comes, he gives his his precious good to the people he loves. For God so loved that he gave. When he loves you, he gives you. And you see, God is, is a God that waits for your first move before he moves. See, God is a gentleman and will not move on you when you are not moving towards him. But anyone that moves, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. And when you come with an open heart, he will receive you wholeheartedly. Hallelujah. I, I pray, I pray for us as a church, that from today, let our worship be extravagant. Guys who play the instrument, don't be absent-minded when you are pra- praising and worshiping God on the keyboard. Worship like you are also, play like you are also worshiping God. Not that it's just the beat or it's the note. No, 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 no. It, 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 listen, don't ever be excluded from worship. Yes. You know, I, I realize the majority of the, the, of the time, the musicians are excluded from the worship. But when you get a musician who knows how to worship whilst playing, you have a musician with oil. Are you getting it? You have a musician who has oil. When you have a musician who plays the drums and is in deep worship, you have a musician who will bring down the anointing. Hallelujah. And majority of the time, our praise and worship is dry. Because we ourselves, we are not close to God. We don't have any heart of worship. There's a song that uh, we sing. I'm coming back with the heart of worship. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made it. When it's all about you. When it's all about... Put the words, put the words on it. I want to show you something. Listen, he says that I am coming with a heart of worship because I know it's all about you. You know, he says, I'm coming back. 
I'm coming back because I've been around but my heart was not here. I was around but my heart was not. I worshipped with my mouth but my heart was far away. But now I'm coming back with a heart of worship because it's all about you. Never ever worship God absent minded. Close your eyes. Picture God as you are worshipping. See when your eyes are open you get distracted. You are watching who is not singing who is scratching, who is um, sending a text message, who is sitting down whilst everybody is standing and singing. Don't worry about them. It's not about them. It's about you and your God. Close your eyes. Focus on God. King of endless wealth, no one could express how much you deserve. Though I'm weak and poor, all I have is yours Every single breath oh, More than a song For a more song in itself it's I don't require just singing I require singing with the heart Because you, 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 you look much deeper within than the way things appear. It's not about public show. It's about my heart. Try it again. King of endless wealth. No one could express how much you deserve. The one weak and poor. The one weak and poor. All I have is yours. Every single breath I give you more than a song For a song in itself Is not what you have required You search much deeper, yes You search much deeper within to the way things appear You're looking into my heart I'm coming I'm coming back to the heart of worship When it's all about you It's all about I'm sorry Lord I'm sorry Lord For the things I've made it when it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about, it's all about you. It's all about you. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made. It. When it's all about you. I like this part. You're looking into my heart. That is where he looks. He looks into your heart. Yes. You look into my heart. You're looking into my soul. Yes. I'm all about you. You look in. Yes, you look in. My heart. 
about you. It's all 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 about you. Thanksgiving. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, I say hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 11. Deuteronomy chapter 11 verse 13. And Romans chapter 12 verses 11 to 13. Deuteronomy chapter 11 verse 13. The Bible says, and it shall be that if you earnestly obey the commandments which I command you today, to love the Lord your God and serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, then I will give you rain. I'll give you the rain in your land and in its season, the early rain and the latter rain that you may gather in rain your new wine and your oil. Hallelujah. He says that if you obey my commandments, and what was his commandment? His commandment was that you should love the Lord your God and serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 12 verse 11. Romans chapter 12, verse 11 to 13. The Bible says, Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. Serving the Lord, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Hallelujah. We, I'm just continuing I mean, the camp, I think I've got to just chapter 3. And there are about 12 chapters. So, I don't know. How, I'm just giving you snippets of what we've been sharing. And 
today I want to talk about who qualifies to serve the Lord. Who qualifies to serve the Lord. Matthew chapter 6 verse 36. Sorry, Matthew chapter 9 verse 36. Matthew chapter 9 verse 36 all the way to 38. John chapter 4 verse 34 to 35. And John chapter 6 verse 27. And John chapter 9 verse 4. Those are the foundational. I will give you, don't worry. Matthew 9, 36 to 38. But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Amen. Amen. John chapter 4 verse 34. John chapter 4 verse 34. John chapter 4 verse 34. I'm waiting for you. Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say there is still four months, then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the field, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he and he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. Amen. Amen. John chapter 6, verse 27. John chapter 6, verse 27. Do not labor for food which perishes, but for food which endures for everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. Hallelujah. <laughs> Did you hear that? Do not labor for food. Amen. John chapter 9 verse 4, the last scripture. I hope you are following the scriptures, because that's, that's the whole message. I can end as soon as we finish reading that scripture. I must work the works of him who sent me whilst it is day. The night is coming when no man can work. Amen. I must work the work of him who sent me while it's day. For the night comes when no man can work. Amen. Amen. You will see that all these scriptures were in red. I don't know whether you've, you've seen it. Have you, have you checked? Everyone we've read are in red letters, which means these are the words that Jesus himself spoke. And he was saying that the, the, scary, the scariest one was do not labor for food. John 6, 27, do not work for, money, for food. Do you know the majority of all our hard work, Michael, all we are doing is to put food in our stomach. 
all. This is your PhD you are doing. You know, trying to study how the rain falls, how the wind blows, how the hamatan will come, ozone layer, and intertropical boundaries coming from the east and moving to the west like it must now. All the things that you are doing, it is just so that you can get food to eat. Yeah. It is just food and house to stay in and close to where. That's all. And have a car to move from point A to point B. That's all. Food, clothes, and shelter. That's basically all the hard work we are doing. All this, you want to go and do medicine, to go and cut people, and all those type of things you want to do. Ultimately, Ultimately, it's so that you can have food to eat. It's not because you you love blood. (laughs) It's not because you want to cut people's stomachs. It's not because you want to really do much to solve the world's problem. You know, when you want to go for the medical school and they have an interview, you have to say some of these type of lies that you know is a lie. The person interviewing knows that it's a lie, but you have to say it. They have to accept that it's a lie because they told the lie too before they got where they are. Yeah, they want to help all the needy and cut people who are who need cutting and all. No, no, no. Don't give me that. It's all about food. Yes. It's all about getting a, a house and getting a car. That's all. And then you'll be able to go on holiday when you want to go on holiday. And come when you want to come. Go when you want to come. That's all. That's all. All our struggling, all our struggling is for food, clothes, and shelter. And Jesus is saying that. Do not labor for food. Do not labor for food. In, in, in chapter 6, he says that are not, are they the sparrows that you see? Are they not, do they toil or spin? Do they sow? Do they reap? They don't do any of those things. But they eat every day. They have somewhere to stay. Are you getting it? You see, if you lose your fear for food, clothes, and raiment, you become very powerful. I'm telling you, if you lose your fear, I said, if you lose your fear for food, clothes, and raiment, if you lose your fear, you become a very powerful person. You know something? I, I used to be very afraid of food, clothes, and shelter and the lack of it until I went on missions. Then I, I just understood that you still eat. Regardless, you still eat. And somehow God will provide shelter. And as for clothes, you will never ever be naked. You just listen to it. You will never be, be, you see, if you you don't buy any more clothes, you have enough to last you 10 years. You have enough. These same clothes you can wear for 10 years. And no one will be none the wiser that you you haven't bought any clothes. You have enough to come by for the next 10 years without going to the shop and you'll be okay. 
It is, it is greed. It is greed. And you see, all those things came as a result of sin. You see, when sin came, then Adam and Eve sowed fig, tree, fig leaves together. I'm showing you how, how uh, clothes came. Adam and Eve saw they were naked. Then all of a sudden, they just decided that I will have to be fashionistas. Then they sewed fig leaves to cover themselves. Never be a slave of clothing. Always the new latest fashion, the latest fashion. You always want to do. Listen, clothes will never make you pretty. I'm trying, this is a deliverance message. I said this is a deliverance message. I don't know whether, you see, sometimes we think deliverance is when you are falling down and spinning. No, no. This is a deliverance me- message. Le- listen, have you not realized that it's like a cycle? Now, the, the trousers is like this. It has to be up this way. Then it has to be tight. They have to be come loose. Then it has to be on the belt is down here. Belt goes here. Then it goes up. Then it comes here. Then they have to have uh, what do you call it? Holes inside. This whole thing that you are seeing, it's not the first time it's come. This ripped jeans, it has been before long ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. It has been. When Don Gris came, you weren't born. Don Gris, we used to wear Don Green. Before jeans came, it was done green. And jeans very soon will go again. And khaki will come. Done green will come again. And also, when you say you are following fashion, you see oh, this, this cloth, uh, cloth uh, shirt you are wearing. It has come before. It has come. You know, in 1966 area, Independence Day, that, those are the clothes they were. 57, those were the shirts that they were wearing. This, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Acotex. Do you know Acotex? Acosombo Textiles. Acosombo Textiles. They call something Acotex. They had a team. Acotex. They had Dumas and Acotex. The ladies were just that. I mean, the, Auntie, Auntie, Auntie Agi will tell you. It's like, if you see a, a, a woman who has dressed, you look underneath the, the cloth to see whether it's Dumas or Holland. Isn't it? When it's Holland and it's Dumas, and you know that you know when it's Acotex, you know that this is a proper, proper the person, it's expensive person. It has come and gone. Then it went, then it came just dressed. Every, all the old ladies and everybody were wearing dress. And now it's gone and gone, and now cloth has come back. These type of hairstyles, they've gone and come, gone and come, gone and come. Before, there were no weave-ons. You know, weave-on came long ago in the 40s. Weave-on, weave-on. Then from weave-on, went to wigs. Wigs, my mother used to have, you know, like when you go to a room like dummies, they are sitting there like that. Each one, each one has a wig sitting on their head. And in the night, when they put the light off and you are looking, you can see them looking at you in a very funny way. <laughs> Ah, yeah. And it's like, it has gone. Then from there, the Jerry Kells came. 
then to Jerry Kells, then to Permin, then Permin to Jerry Kells, then to Short Crop, then to Natural, then it's gone to, to Braids, then all those things. They go, they come, they go, they come, they go, they come, they go, they come. Do not labor for food. See, all these things take away the main thing. It takes away the main thing. You know, the main thing was that we're made to serve. Originally, originally, the main original reason why God created us was so that he can fellowship with us and we worship him. That's the original aim. With sin came service. So service was a result of, of sin. Because now all have come short of the glory of God. Because all have sinned. So now God is calling everybody to repentance. And for God to get everybody to repent, God needs our legs, our hands, our mouths to go and spread the word. That is where service came. Originally, service was not part. It was just worship. That is how come when, it, when, it, uh, it, uh, when this life is over and eternity begins, we'll go back to the original duty of man, which is to worship. For 24 hours, that's all we are going to do. So those of us who don't know how to worship, we are in bad business. Because we won't know how to live. Because all you have to do is worship. Sing holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Early in the morning, our songs shall rise today. We'll be singing, we'll be singing. Those of you who don't like singing, learn how to sing. Because that's all you'll be doing. Hallelujah. Are you understanding me? So you see, there was nothing to do with work. No, no, no. Service was not until sin. It was just worship. Then with sin came service. And God reminds anybody that comes close to him, serve the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, because the distraction is ever ready. Satan is always ready to steal our focus, to steal our attention, to steal labor. with this all this labor for food. And for food. And and you know, so they make the labor of food very, very important. Yeah. For, from, the, from the time you are born, at the age of one, two, they take you to school. You have to learn how to, what do we go to school to do? To, acquire to go and acquire skills. the skills for labor. For labor. Are you with me? That's all. We are going to acquire skills for labor. And we go and labor. You see, they teach you how to work. So you realize that they start at a certain time, go for a break at a certain time, and then go to finish at a certain time and go home. Then there are two days they don't go. It's all teaching you how to labor for food. How to labor for food for the rest of your life. So that's all that we are doing. That's all that we are doing. And now, they are even trying to take the time that we have for ourselves. The time we have for God is being taken away. Yeah. So they say that if you can leave the worship of God, 
We'll give you double time. Give you a time and a half if you work on Sundays. Yeah, so that that will entice you to do more labor. And have you not realized that the system is designed that the more you work, the more you are taxed. And the more you spend. When you, you see, when you increase, when you increase the food, when you increase the amount of money in your pocket, you change the type of food you, you buy to eat and fill your stomach. So now you get, you get more expensive food. Organic, organic. Yeah, from, 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 from cheap food to very expensive food. Then you have the desire to change your status, change the clothes you wear, change the food you eat, change the car you drive, change the place where you live, change your friends, change the, the, the watch. It's the same watch you have been wearing for 1965 up to now. It works. But now you have to get... Rolex. Rolex. One watch can buy a house. Yeah. Now even the pen you use, the pen, Mont Blanc, you are, a whole house you are writing with it. Now, you, now the rings that you are buying, the ring, 23 pounds, you get a ring. You can marry 23 pounds, even up to today. Even 23 pounds, you get a ring to marry. No, 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 no. You have to put diamond and cross that. You know, this one is about, it's about 3 million. But listen to what Jesus is saying. Do not labor for food. Do not labor for food. Is it that Jesus is against us honest living? Is Jesus against us working what Jesus was saying is that don't let your focus, your life, and your breath, and your strength, and everything be upon food, clothes, and raiment. Because that's Satan's plot to move you away from the main thing. The main reason why you've been created is to worship and serve him. And Satan has been able to infiltrate the church so that in the church today, we are still talking about food, clothes, and uh, shelter. Now, the prophets who have come, they are prophesying lottery numbers so that we can have more money to buy more food, to buy more clothes and more houses. They are giving cars out. Now, the prophets are prophesying, you know, things that will give you more of the same. More of the same. So we have left the focus. The, the real reason why we are alive, we have left it. The real reason why we have to be in Christ and work so that more people will get, come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. We've left it all. So you realize that in this church, all the message is one. I can tell you the message of the church. It doesn't matter what day of the year you come to the church. <laughs> this church, our message is just one. Serve God. That's all. That's all. Because that's all it is. Everything else is an offshoot. I said everything else is an offshoot. Everything, all the things that we talk about is how to help you serve God. And we are not serving because what he gives us. So what he gives us is never the reason why we serve. You see, 
One thing you'll notice as we go on in this church is that there will be a lot of millionaires. A lot of wealthy people. Because you see, when you serve God, he blesses. Do you remember the scripture we read? He said that he, he will, in Deuteronomy uh, uh, 20 what? 11, 11, 13, says that and I will cause rain to fall on your land. When you serve him, you, 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 you provoke rain. Are you with me? Service provokes rain. And rain brings blessing. Are you with me? Chasing after the money <laughs> provokes runs frustration. It runs away from you. Then I will 14 says, then I will give the rain for your land in its season. Early rain and latter rain. So that you will be able to gather. But you are not gathering. That is not your main focus. Your main focus is not to gather. Your main focus is to serve. But as you serve, you gather. Hallelujah. Very simple. Prophecies. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, all those things. If it does not encourage you to serve, check it. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? For I must work the work of him who sent me whilst his day. For the night comes. The night is coming. Listen, we've been chosen by God. We've been chosen. I don't know about the next church. I don't know about any other church. But this particular church has been chosen by God. We've been chosen. You and I have been chosen by God to serve him. And to serve him is to build his kingdom. Every way we do is to build his kingdom. It's not about food. It's not about shelter. It's not about raiment. See, food, clothing, shelter, it's a matter of course. Isn't it? Uh, Matthew 6.33 says that seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. And all the other things which are important but they are not the main thing. Those other things will be added. They are just additions that comes. They are just additions that come. First Thessalonians 1. First Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 4. I hope I've, I have, I have um, encouraged you and challenged you enough to understand that all that's about you is about serving God. That's all there is. Your whole, the whole essence of your being is to serve God. So any and everything you do, your decisions that you take, anything that you do, there was, there's a chapter that I wanted to teach you. Choices. I talked a little, I introduced it at the camp. All the choices you make must be to serve God. 
must be to enable you to serve God. Are you in 1 Thessalonians 4? Okay. For we know, brothers, love, brothers, love the Lord. Sorry. Knowing, beloved brethren, your election by God. Go to the next one. For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but in the power and in the Holy Spirit, and in much assurance as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. Amen. Now, who, the question is, who is supposed to serve the Lord? Our, our uh, modern day type of uh, Christianity has designed it in such a way that those who are supposed to serve God are supposed to serve him in a full-time capacity. So it's like the rest of us, we only come to church. But then those who serve must be pastors, church, you know, full-time employees. They are the ones to serve God. But the rest of us, we just come to church maybe through a few uh, pounds here and there to support the work, support the house of God and maybe pay the miserable pastors and their associates. (laughs) Hallelujah. But that is not it. All of us have been appointed to serve. Some serve in the house. Some serve outside. Some serve in school. Some serve at work. But everything that you do, whether in the corporate world or everywhere you do, must be to serve God. Must be to serve God. So you and I are part of the servants of God. Hallelujah. We qualify. I said we all qualify. How did you and I get chosen by God? How did you and I get chosen by God? God sought to reach out to those learning law in the college. So God said, let me. He said, for I sought a man. I sought a man. And I placed you in that place to be my servant. I, are you with me? I sought. So you are the Jesus, the only, the, the only Jesus they will see. At that college, you are the Jesus they will see. And you're supposed to serve him from there. You are supposed to let your light shine from there. You are supposed to be effective from there. You are supposed to win souls from there, from that classroom, from that college uh, lecture hall, from that pharmacy, from that workplace. Many have to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ because you are the servant of God put there. We are like life stones, fire stones that have been lit up by God. We are the salt of the earth. That's supposed to bring seasoning and flavor to the world. Amen. But when the salt loses its savor, it is good for nothing. 
Majority of us have lost our taste. Have you not realized that salt has a very strong taste? That's the kind you, can, you cannot take a little glass of seawater and drink. Because it's, the taste is strong. God expects you to be strong. A strong servant in that place. A strong advocate of God. A strong winner of souls wherever you are. That is our mandate. That is how come God has called us. Because if God wanted to reach only the church, then he would leave just one person, one or two people in the church to reach the whole church. We are not, our mandate is not for the church. It's not for the four walls of this, this church. It's supposed to go out. We are supposed to come and get warmed up. How many feel very warmed up after camp? You feel a bit, a bit warmed up to go and do something. That's, that's the work of the church. The church is not a, a, a separate entity from us. It's supposed to come here, warm ourselves up, encourage ourselves, we provoke ourselves, and then we go out there and do the work of the ministry. Hallelujah. Amen. We do the work of ministry. There's a scripture, in, is it First Corinthians, do the work of an evangelist? Sorry? I think it's First Corinthians or Second Corinthians 4. Look for it for me. It says, do the work of an evangelist. First Timothy. Second Timothy. What does it say? Four? Is it four? Four, five. Look at it for me. Second Timothy four. Quickly. Second Timothy four five. No, that's not the one I'm looking for. No. What's the next verse? Go go back to it. Go back to it. But be watchful in all. Change it to the original King James. But watch thou in all things. And do afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof. That's the one I'm looking for. Make full proof of your ministry. We have a ministry. What's, what's a ministry? A ministry is a vocation. A ministry is a, is, a, is a calling, is a job. A ministry is what you have been given to do. And Paul was saying that make fulfill your mandate. Fulfill is like when you employ a, an accountant. What's the accountant supposed to do? The accountant is supposed to help us balance our books to look after our figures. Are you with me? That's his ministry. So he's not supposed to be telling us how to clock in, how to clock out, how to uh, uh, mark lateness and mark uh, uh, who is present. <laughs> you know, as I'm preaching, I just remembered my first job 
I got the very first job I got in my life. I think I was about 16. Oh, yeah, I was 16 or 17. There's a place, those who know um, uh, Accra, you know Ghana, there's a place called Equip. Just before Equip, there's a, there's a company there called Eliquid. You know Eliquid? That was the first place I worked. And there was a man there who was the accountant. He was supposed to be an accountant. He had made himself HR. <laughs> he had made himself chief security officer. <laughs> the man was, he was scarier than the, the CEO because he had been there the longest. When you're one minute late, he will deduct one hour from your, your pay. Hey, that's what it was easy. <laughs> you see, but that is not making full proof of his, his ministry because his ministry was to balance the books, but he was making himself the HR. He was making himself chief security officer. He was checking those who were buying the, the gas cylinder. To, where's your cylinder? Check, have you damaged? If you have damaged it, they'll take off money from you. Some sort of things. But you know what I'm talking about, African <laughs> leaders. <laughs> You see, your ministry is one thing. Everything else, you are not paid for any other thing. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. See, this man was supposed to be paid for balancing the books. But he was doing other things that he was, that took more of his time than the figures he was supposed to be dealing with. You get it? And his, his whole aim was to get at people he didn't like. <laughs> so if he doesn't like you, you are in trouble. So that he comes to stand by your desk and he's watching. He's watching. He's watching. We're supposed to start work around seven or around seven or eight. He'll be there. If you are one minute, one hour. But that was not his job. He's saying that do the work of an evangelist. Your job is an evangelist. Make full proof of your ministry. And the, the evangelist, what does an evangelist do? An evangelist goes out and witnesses Christ, wins souls for the kingdom of God. Simple. So to make full proof of your ministry, wherever you work, wherever you are, you're supposed to go and win souls. Yeah. Get them saved. Get their lives transformed. Am I talking to somebody? Yeah. So how did we get to be chosen? We got to be chosen by God because God knew and decided that we are the best candidate he could call on. Brothers and sisters, there are some jobs that you get not because you qualify, but because God needs somebody there. Some of us, there are jobs we are about to get. Not that we qualify for the job. But because he's looking for a man or a woman there. So God will give you that job. Amen. When you go there, don't go and think that my cleverness and my smartness is what has brought me here. So I have to just sit and, you know, show Gaga. <laughs> no. No. Understand why God has brought you. Amen. Am I talking to somebody? Yeah. Well, you've been chosen. See, that man, you've been chosen to marry him. 
Because he knows that if you are married to him, you will keep him and his heart towards God. That's why God took you there to marry him. You are not the best candidate. There were more qualified people than you. But God needed that man. God needed the heart of that man. So God placed you there. Are you getting this? So that you can win that man's heart for the Lord. So don't go there being engrossed with silly things. I I don't know whether you're understanding what I'm saying. You've been chosen. I said we've been chosen. I don't know whether you believe what I'm saying, but we've been chosen to serve him. Amen. We've been chosen to serve him. How do we serve him? Number one, we serve him by being models for others. 1 Thessalonians 1, 6 to 7, you became imitators of us and of the Lord in spite of severe sufferings. You welcome the message with joy by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model for all the believers in Macedonia and Acacia. Amen. Amen. Am I talking to somebody? We are supposed to model godliness. So when you are chosen, you are chosen to be what? A model. Bible says that we are ambassadors of Christ. Amen. Amen. We are ambassadors of Christ. Who is an ambassador? An ambassador is a representative, isn't it? Yeah. What are we modeling? Verse 9 tells you what you are modeling. Verse 9. For they themselves show of us what manner of entering, entry in we had unto you and how we turned to God from idols to serve the living God, the living and the true God. So we are modeling true service, isn't it? True total commitment to Christ. We show for they themselves show of us what manner of entering. Now go, go to the New King James because now this is a bit difficult to understand. For they themselves declare concerning us what manner of entry we had to you and how we tend, you tend to God from idols to serve the living and true God. So your life is showing others what impact we have made on you. Amen. Amen. The, the, the sad thing about us as Christians is that we hide our Christianity. That's the shameful bit of us. All of us, we hide our Christianity majority of the time. So we are not good models. Have you seen a model? Do you know who a model is? The model is not walking on the runway. They are, they are not walking on the runway to show their beauty. Uh, I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. The model is there to show the clothes, not their beauty. Well, so if you are a model and you forget that you are not there to show how pretty you are 
and you are showing your face and your hips instead of the clothes, you won't get a contract. Because it is so, you, if I, most of the mothers, they don't, their makeup is funny. So that the attention is not on the face, but it's on the clothes they are wearing. Because when you make the face very pretty, we look at the face instead of the clothes. So they make the, sometimes they make it the face very bland or very dull or very, you know, so that it takes our mind off the face so you can look at the clothes. And then they move their hips and everything to show the clothes and the tightness of it. <laughs> Are you understanding what I'm saying? Because it's more important to show what the cloth is than to show you. But the sad thing is that we show us instead of the Jesus in us. Uh, you thought I was talking about models. I wasn't interested in models. I was talking about the Jesus. Is there Jesus in you that you need to model? Is there Jesus in you that everybody needs to see? Amen. Are you showing the Jesus in us? Hallelujah. My time is up, isn't it? If anybody walks into this church, if anybody walks into this church, what would they say CICC is known for? I asked the question, nobody's minding me. We, we, we need to have, we need to be able to show when somebody walks into this place, they need to see immediately what the church stands for. When anybody sees you, they need to be able to say who you are and what you stand for. See, when people come and they are not sure what we stand for, then our message is not clear and we are not good ambassadors for God. I'm trying to challenge all of us in this, I mean, this time, this time of the life of the church so that to make our church very, very clear when anybody walks in, it must not be it must not be ambiguous at all. It must be very, very evident what the church stands for, who you stand for. When somebody sees you, they must know within a few minutes who you are and what you stand for. It must not be ambiguous. Uh, something like uh, no. It's not something like. It appears like the majority of the church of God that we have today, when you go in, it appears like it's not very clear. It's maybe an encouragement center, place where they encourage people, place where they do miracles, place where they pray, you know, place where they catch witches (laughs) or they manufacture witches and and catch them. You know, and all that. I'm not knocking any of those things. But what I'm trying to say to you is that it must be clear when anybody walks in here what this church stands for. Every CICC church must have the same spirit. 
When anybody walks in a church, you must see that this church is about serving God. This church is about going all out. Not that the walking is a miracle center. <laughs> it's a, I'm not saying miracles are wrong. We do miracles here too. We do prayer. We do all those things. But as soon as you walk in, you must see what the whole church is about. When somebody comes around you, they must see what you stand for. I'm a servant. That's what I am. Anything he says, I will do. Where he sends, I will go. That's all. Amen. Amen. I pray that from today, we will become salt. The taste must be the same everywhere. Any time of the day, at work, in church, at home, wherever you are, you must, you must know you have been chosen for, for that time, for that place. It will be very, very sad that you employ somebody to do something and they do the opposite. I don't know whether you've employed somebody before. <laughs> I remember once my father employed this security man. This watchman. No, no, it wasn't a watchman. Yeah, it was a watchman. Yaro. Yaro. Yaro came. My father asked Yaro, can you watch? He said, I work like Nyanga. In fact, Recently, my sister, my big sister came, we were just chatting, and she brought it up, we were all laughing. One day, my father came home very late in the night. Yaro! Yaro! So, my father got the driver to jump the gate and open the gate. And then my father drove the car in. The driver drove the car in. He was still sleeping. And then, you know, they, they stand there. The skit, they have a bow and arrow. You know those old <laughs> bow and arrow. So my father went to the security and then had a little uh, house at the, at the gate that the security man sleeps in. My father took his bow and arrow and <laughs> went upstairs. Next morning, Yaro, come. <laughs> father asked, go and bring your bow and arrow. <laughs> hey, Yaro went about 20 minutes, wasn't coming. <laughs> anyway, start your 